if you fuck around with us, if you do something bad to us, we are going to do things to you that have never been done before. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Never stop fighting for what you believe in and for the people who care about you. Carry yourself with dignity and pride. Demand the best from yourself and be totally unafraid to challenge entrenched interests and failed power structures. Hi guys, welcome back again. Thank you so much for tuning in if you are back for another podcast. This is episode six and I am Ray and I am hosting tonight, joined by Rowan from the Stick for Breakfast podcast. So I'm very stoked to be able to speak to him. Um, he is usually on the, you know, the side of hosting and interviewing other guests so it's nice for him or hopefully it will be nice for him to be on the other side um (laughs) i'm a little bit of a newbie to all of this um you know that my shows are completely unscripted i'm a little bit of a hot mess i don't edit them down and um he's probably and his you know his other hosts are probably much more professional than me so if you do want to check out his podcast um i'm gonna put the link in in there, in 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 there somewhere, you'll be able to find it, and you'll be able to go find all of the episodes and shows that they've already done. Um, very much what we talk about here, um, a lot of happenings and a lot to do with Q, which we will be going into, no doubt. But this conversation is just a fly on the wall, just a nice discussion. Um, I'll be asking him a few questions about, you know, probably when he or you know how he found Q and um we'll just see we'll see how it goes but thank you again for tuning in we hope you enjoy this one and no doubt there will be more this weekend but we will see and um yeah enjoy the show here he is hello hello hi Ron. i was like really you're an hour late even though you're not an hour late and then I'm like, I called you and I was like, what? Did you just put the phone down? <laughs> so, actually, you're nine minutes late now. Yeah, that's true. That's true. We just you, had, you reversed it on me. Yeah, we just had a, we just had a really, well, I did. I had a time issue and um, Google was wrong and told me the wrong time from Pacific to uh, Greenwich Mean Time or whatever it's called. And yeah, I was like, where is it? It's been like half an hour and, you know, he's he's not here yet. And then it turns out that I was just very early. So that works. And here, and here I am. <laughs> You're right here. Yeah, thank you. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for joining me. Like I'm proper buzzing, proper buzzing, as we say over here. Um, for anybody who's listening, this is Rowan from Steak for Breakfast podcast, which is a mouthful. Steak is very good for breakfast as well, also. Sure is. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we're gonna I don't even know where this conversation's gonna go. Um my podcast is completely unscripted. Like I just just talk. Um 
and I yeah we just have to get in the boat and just you know just see where it goes hopefully not get stuck down the Suez Canal but we can try I mean whatever works so do you want to introduce yourself tell everybody a little bit about you and maybe like the birth of your podcast and when it started and who's on there and just kind of you know give a little plug about what you do sure and then again thanks for having me on i really appreciate you bringing me over you're welcome welcome. after we were able to overcome the time constraints um Mm -hmm. My name's Roan, and like you already mentioned, I'm one of the hosts on the Steak for Breakfast podcast. Uh, I have two other co-hosts who join me every week. Um, Nick, uh, who's, he was kind of the founder of it. We call him the owner, operator, and CEO. Um, Yeah, he had a podcast that started a little over a year ago. Uh, They kind of did a few episodes. It was like a variety show, and wasn't really going in the direction that he wanted so he took a little time off rethought some stuff Uh, me and him wound up linking up and and it's something that I always wanted to do so we said we'd try it and here we are now we're doing it for over a year and uh yeah just having a good time with it and then Noah who's our other host um he is a tech guy master of the soundboard and, and making sure that we sound crisp every week when we go on so yeah, right now it's the three of us. Uh, we have we do have some other people who come and go. Uh, they're not as consistent and, and as invested as we are. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, from, from a majority of what you hear on a weekly basis, it's, it's the three of us. And, uh, you know, we love doing it and, and don't see ourselves going anywhere anytime soon. Right, because you have like a variety of different different guests coming on. Like I've noted that it can be, you know, a wide spectrum of different people. Obviously, I guess the main the main focus of the podcast is um the happenings as we call it um and obviously mostly i guess all patriots i don't know whether you've had anybody on to debate have you done a debate podcast yet no i i've looked for some people who aren't really in our community and a lot of them just don't reach reach back uh, you, you know, you send them podcasts so they can kind of see what they're getting into. And I think when it comes down to it, um, you know, the three of us do a lot of research. Uh, we don't really tell people, like, you have to think this way or you have to, for instance, vote this way. We kind of just say, we're going to tell you how we feel. We're extremely passionate about it. But in, at the end of the day, it makes no sense at all if you don't, don't go and do your own research. If you don't go and do research for yourself and educate yourself, all you're doing is listening to what we're telling you to do, just like the the mainstream media does, and it defeats the purpose. So we kind of try, we we kind of try to lead people to the edge of the rabbit hole, give them a peek down, and be like, all right, well that's it. I mean, this is a pretty good show. The 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 guests were spicy. The topics were pretty good. But at the end of the day, you got to go do it for yourself, or you're just going to be like all the other people out there who follow CNN. Right. Yeah. Because and I bet even like a, if you you know been reaching out to people I bet a lot of them because you do your research are like yeah I don't want to go into that into that lion's den like I'm I'm not prepped for that because they're going to know a lot compared to what I know which I guess is they don't really know that much they think they do but they've only got you know headlines and talking points from um the mainstream media to run with you at and you're just going to destroy them essentially. Yeah, you're not going to do very well on our program if, if that's all you're bringing to the table. 
maybe maybe some memes that might help but i mean that's just yeah. like a little bit of icing that's not going to do much right they're just a distraction so you say you've been doing it for like uh over a year um now listeners don't won't know this but you haven't actually been on an interviewed on any other podcast or like you know the other end of how does it feel to be on the other end of the podcast so far so good i mean <laughs> well we've not yeah we've been going like what 10 minutes <laughs> yeah when you brought it up i had to think about it for a second but no no one's asked me to come on a pod yet since you've asked me two other people have manifested uh, one i'll be right so we'll see where that goes i mean i'm always willing to lend my big mouth to somebody um but yeah i i think we spend so much time I mean, in the beginning, it was literally, now it's more figuratively begging people to come on our show. Um, really? You know, now, and now it's becoming something where it's not as hard to, like, reach out and say, you know, we have a certain number of episodes, and these are some of the personalities who we've, who we've had on, um, either to interview or as guests. And, and, you know, people are getting more inclined to, to kind of take the risk and come down, even though I, we did get shot down by Mike Lindell last week. I was pretty sad about that. Oh, yeah, because you mentioned that you, like, you did reach out and you were, you know, fingers crossed. And I was like, yeah, everything crossed, hopefully. So have they, have they you know, turned around and said that he can't or? They basically said that he could not. Not that he didn't want to. Like, we had gone through the channels and I had made all the way the connection to, and I, and I did some research to make sure who she was telling me she was, is. Mm-hmm. His personal assistant who handles all of his calendar and, and travels with him pretty much everywhere. And, uh, you know, she said that they vetted the show. She didn't say that they didn't enjoy it. She thought there was a lot of good content on it. Um, she understands what we're doing. She appreciates the fact that we offered Mike a unscripted, unedited, free speech platform to go and tell everyone who our audience is, mm-hmm. you know, exactly how he feels, even though a, a majority of our audience knows. Um, but we wanted to do it ourselves. But And, you know, he's been cut off and mistreated so bad by the mainstream media she said, just right now, with all the legal stuff going on, he's kind of bound to maybe one or two programs where he knows legally he could stay within what he wants to say and not get cut off. And I think that's pretty much like right-side broadcasting to an extent because sometimes they do cut him off. But War Room with Steve Bannon, that podcast, I know, he goes on there like three times a week for like an hour and just says whatever he wants. and They kind of let him. So, but she said it, it may be something down the road we can we can revisit after some of the legal stuff he's going through right now passes, but we'll see. Right, because it's going to be like quite a hot time right now, I guess, in terms of even just they don't want to maybe go further out than what they're already doing in terms of just keeping it tight, you know, in ter- you know the information that's all flying around and that everything's you know everyone's getting hold of and the whole you know military operation that's still going on. So. Um, yeah, that's that's a shame, but I'm pretty sure that um, we'll be able to manifest that for you and get get him on get him on steak for breakfast. Um, I think I think one day it can happen. I just think you know, 2020 hindsight, we are very anonymous due to our profession here down in the states, and mm-hmm. unless you're on our show as a guest we won't send you any kind of video or pictures of our faces just because, you know, our job prevents us from doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we got to thinking after I read the email and I was kind of bummed. I said, hey, you want to know what? If he would have 
said yes, and let's just say he came on and, and just went after it. Like, everybody, Dominion, Smartmatic, Biden, the whole administration, you know, he starts calling out people. Then he goes on, like, a deeper rant to where he gets into, like, calling everybody pedophiles, and they're all going to jail or being public. And then next thing you know, people start, like, trying to contact our podcast to, like, sue us. We're not only going to dox ourselves, but we're probably all going to get fired from our jobs. Yeah, and, yeah, because uh, you got like, can't think that far forward in terms of how it would spiral either. Yeah, I don't know what I would do if Dominion Voting Systems presented me with a $1.3 billion lawsuit. Yeah, that would be pretty. That would be pretty insane. Um, but yeah, no, fingers crossed, hopefully hopefully he can he can get on at some point. Because we people were just talking about him today. They didn't really understand what his, his role was in all of this. Like, they didn't really, like, you know, how... I think someone asked how long have him and Trump known each other. And I was like, I'm not really sure, but in in my opinion, his role, because obviously everybody has a role, like you said that, um, I feel like he's the face or the front of us because he's just this guy with a business. He's not, you know, a shadow guy in a suit or anything. He's just a guy with a business. And... He might sound crazy, and I, I said something like, "What should I put now?" I was like, "Maybe in the future they'll look back and call us all the little Lindells, like, because we're the, you know, the people that are fighting for this, just like he is, and maybe he's just like the the front man for that for us more than anything, if that makes sense." No, it does. I was going to say that makes a lot of sense now that you mentioned it because he really became more of a prominent verbal like in the forefront of it all as stop the steal kind of lost its steam and i wouldn't be surprised if the patriots who are in control along with the military and trump were like listen we're gonna need somebody who's a familiar face someone that's been in all of these people's homes for a long time via his commercials um to like kind of pick up the sword and be out there you know kind of representing us while we're working behind the scenes to figure out how this is all going to go down yeah. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because as well, like, if people who are completely on the other side of things, like, oh, if if Mike Lindell, who they've made out to be the craziest person ever, is right, then, you know, my friend that I called a conspiracy theorist two, you know, two years ago is probably right as well. So it's a bit like, right. damn, that that crazy guy's right. So I think that it'll go that, that path. I think there'll be a lot of realisation for people to think... The, the craziest of us are actually correct and not crazy because yeah, absolutely right now it feels like we are crazy in this world of when when honestly the you know the mask wearers and the people who are still wanting to wear masks when it's been like pulled from a mandate it's like they actually are genuinely insane like that they've, they've but that's because they're a victim of you know the psychological operation that's happened to them it's so sad. It's so yeah, sad. How, how fast can you MK Ultra the entire globe? Yeah, and it's worked. It's worked on like people of all like ages, yeah, all yep. backgrounds. Like it's kind of it's kind of crazy to to see it as well globally. I mean, I was just watching something tonight on the TV before I came up, and um, it was pandemic not pandemic pandemic obviously on the tv it's gonna be pandemic pandemic 2020 and it was looking at like how each country dealt with it and um 
it made me laugh because I didn't know that Bella in Belarus, the huh? the the leader there said, just uh, drink some vodka and that will help cure the disease. Yeah. And they just stayed yeah. normal, like all went to football, and like got on with it. And um, we've we've I think specifically like Europe, UK, Australia, um, America have just been hit hit the hardest with the the prop you know well i guess obviously china too but who knows what goes on over that side but there's some places that have just been like we're not bothered and it's fine like not nothing bad has happened you know i mean i i I can only tell you from experience for me personally i've worked on kind of the front line as an essential worker in regards to this and i'm air quoting pandemic over the last year plus now um last july i tested positive for antibodies which means at some point i had it but i personally did not know it i experienced no symptoms so it came and went but my blood tested positive for having the antibodies for it if that isn't a mess up of the test that they gave me when they took blood that time Mm -hmm. but you know the more and more stats that keep coming out you know just and i can only speak for for the united states like 25 percent of all the deaths are from nursing homes 80% of the people who experience the really adverse actions or die are morbidly obese and have pre-existing health conditions. And then an even bigger majority of that 80%, which gets it up to, I think, the low 90s, are in the age range. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I still can't believe at the end of the day, if it was just me or you saying these statistics, it would be fine. People could say whatever they want and continue to wear 17 masks. (laughs) <laughs> and, and be and be completely retarded. But at the end of the day, the CDC has quietly released these numbers, and people still just, you know, you have the people like Wolf Whitner, uh, um, Cuomo, Gavin Newsom, uh, and, and Murphy here in the United States who have locked down their states, and then you have people like DeSantis who is just a fuck it, you know. Not only we aren't going to do any of that shit, we're going to go out and talk about how we're not going to do any of that shit <laughs> at a press conference. Yeah. And I'm going to drink beer with everybody while I'm telling everybody how we're not going to do yeah, that shit. So based. So, yeah, I mean, if, if Florida and the United States were two different countries and some people may consider them that because of how the crazy people all live in Florida, it'd be one thing, but they are, they're literally part of the same country. And, and they're right next to states that were draconianly locked down, which is just blows my mind. Yeah. Yeah, similar to so. here being, like, ridiculously locked down. We are, like, slowly coming out of it now. But I was looking at the stats on, uh, well, when I went to the last protest nearby and they were giving out these leaflets, and they're true because they've come from good sources. For 10 months last year, so from January to October, from co- deaths from COVID alone with no other comorbidities, 1,634 people. Now I know that's doesn't like, sound like that doesn't that doesn't sound like the worst global pandemic in the history of pandemic. Exactly, exactly. This de- you know this deadly disease that you know is even the people in the in the labs doing the testing are not even wearing masks. Like it's it's just they should be wearing hazmat suits. You know, like what is fucking going on? It's crazy. But um, yeah, those are the stats. And then also um, we were looking at the age of, and I think it was the average age. Um, was like 82 and a half years old which obviously like it's off any death is awful but you know like we go over it over and over again about like how the flu's disappeared and 
we were never like this when people were dying from the flu when they had comorbidities. Like it was more more often than not, it was the flu that saw off, you know, the older generation if they were really sick. Um, right. And so like it's just been com- completely. And and the thing is that I think now I don't know about you, but I feel like there are a lot of people maybe accepting that they were duped, but they don't want to admit it. They're, they'll double down now, even more than before. Which, you know, is just even more. Well, what crazy. He, it, 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 it goes back to everything being kind of connected and circular. It's just that, like, if the 2020 election here in the United States is ever resolved, not even to the fact that I'm saying, like, Donald Trump comes back, but there's several states here who are going and, and are really going to do hard forensic recounts. I think Arizona. Michigan, Georgia, and Wisconsin are the four that are really going to hit it. Republican-controlled local and state legislators there have finally gotten to the fact that we're getting the machines, we're getting the ballots, we're going to bring in a third party who's not run by the DNC, and we're going to count every single one of these things, do signature verifications, this, that, and the other thing. And it's related in the same way. Well, let's say because of our Constitution, Donald Trump can't come back, but they find out that these four states were given to Joe Biden fraudulently. How many people are just going to say, oh, well, you, you know, I'm not really into politics, so I don't really watch that stuff when they were so mm-hmm. against the orange man bad during the actual process of the presidential elections that it just makes it seem like the stupid people will just continue to be stupid and uneducated. And that's just the way it's going to be. Yeah, because they choose to be. That's the problem. Like most of the people who um, are asleep choose to stay asleep. Like they want to keep, you know, pressing, pressing snooze on the phone. They don't want to wake up. So that's the fight we have i think a lot of people who are fighting to wake more people up um are just shaking at a person that is just not going to do it and they have the best intention to wake them up but they're just not going to do it but yeah so do you you think that do you think trump's going to come back and when do you think he's going to come back what what are your thoughts on that i mean like lindell said like two days ago by this august after all of his stuff makes it through the supreme court which I'm mildly skeptical, but remain extremely hopeful and, and feel very passionately about that. If there is a way, there has been people who have gone out and say constitutionally, once the states ratify and then the Senate and the House ratify and then the president sworn in, there's an extreme set of circumstances that would take someone else to be the president. Okay. Death, inability to do his job, etc. And then there's a line of successors. Mm-hmm. Because we've never had an uncovered air quoting fraudulent election in the United States because it's apparent it's becoming increasingly apparent that they're all fraudulent now yeah. based off of the stuff that we're finding out who knows I mean for all the shit that we've been through for the last year and a half would anything surprise you anymore no absolutely not me either that that, oh. that funny meme was like there's no April April Fool's joke because this is the biggest joke that we've ever dealt with and it's going experienced yeah <laughs> it's exactly there's a lot of truth in that meme yeah, it's like a comedy show. It is. Because uh, obviously everybody... I definitely think, in my heart, it's really frustrating because this whole time that s- since I got into um, into Q, okay. I've been like... Every time I've doubted it, which is normal, every time I've you know questioned it and gone over it in my head, I'll go to sleep and I'll wake up the next day and I'll be like... Did I just like have a download of confirmation to say no? You're on the right track with Q, because it just it was just a feeling. It was always an in- intuitive feeling, 
and it wasn't from like stupidity because it wasn't a blind following I don't know if you like resonate with that but it was like okay yeah I'm going to break this down and look at it properly now in terms of what ha- what's happened this this year now I'm in this state of like I know it's going to happen I just don't know when it's going to happen and obviously that's frustrating for all the people on the other side who are like <laughs> you know you Cutards, like, what do you know? You, you said that it was going to be sick, and no, it's you know, you said that it was going to be April or whatever. The, the, this is a thing, and that we probably need to discuss, but there's a lot of infiltration in the movement that are doing that on purpose. Like, we've seen that, of, so co- that, of course, yeah, of course, just to make mm. us sound stupid. So, well, like, okay, it's going to happen. Um, I just don't know when. And people are like, well, how do you have faith in that? And it's like, well, that goes across any kind of you know converse, daily conversation you might have with your friends or whatever who you know if you've got a, I might have a girlfriend or me personally was like I'm never gonna meet a right you know the right guy and I'm never gonna have this and I'm never gonna get married and your friends always like you will one day like it will happen for you I feel like that's the state that we're in like we know in like truthfully deep down it's gonna happen but we don't have the day we don't have we just know that it will I think obviously it's gonna have to be before the end of this year um i don't know how anyone could go on especially you guys over there um because i know that will who's a part of the podcast like he's like huh? we should have been stacking stacking bodies like you know months ago like we've let this go on with the whole antifa the rioting and then obviously i wanted to ask you about the the george floyd trial today that started yeah. today but um yeah, in terms of, I know you mentioned like Lindell with August, and do you think that the military will do the, will do the, if do you think they'll rerun run the election, or do you think they'll just look at the fraud that took place in the original election? Yeah, that's that's a really good question. I I, I really think that uh, you know there there aren't any coincidences. I, I think we've all pretty much come to the agreement on that things happen for a reason regardless, which includes the outcome of the 2020 election here in the current state with the leadership of the United States. Um, and it, the way that it's in right now, I, I just think like uh, the stuff that's gone down in Myanmar uh, is definitely some kind of uh, maybe conditioning for the rest of the world to see what that kind of looks like you, just on, on a lot smaller scale. Just to jump in, I my theory on that is that it's literally um a mirror so there's there's another there's multiple theories of mine but there's one theory that's like what's happening there um in terms of you know the stuff on the in the news and and the arrests and the looking into like because obviously they've gone into like soros's funds and stuff i think that if the theory about the fact that the military is currently in control of america um biden isn't that it's the same the same coup is happening and it's mirrored and that that's like yeah. with with q saying like think mirror like and all of that kind of thing i've got this idea of like it like you say conditioning yeah it's it i guess that would be the same thing and maybe we just don't know exactly what's going down in terms of um the us behind the scenes but with my mama like they're actually telling us so we're having to probably link those things together as much as possible. But go on, sorry, I like interjected there. <laughs> go on. Oh, no, I, and, and that makes a lot of sense. And I, I was actually going to go towards, you know, 
maybe even saying mirroring. I just think it, it it's got a lot of uh, good substance to it, and, and they're starting to get. It's just funny how it's a it's a country that seems so small and obscure, and one that you really don't hear about all the time. And then when you see some of the things a corrupt leader reelected with Dominion voting machines, and then they were with. Um, highly involved with a lot of the evil characters from the United States, like the Obamas, the Clintons, John Kerry, Susan Rice, and, and, and all those ghouls. And then you start to see the milita- military looking into arresting people and for reasons why they're arresting people, and then getting into the banks and looking over all of the uh, connections between George Soros and uh, the things that were going on in that country and how he was negatively affecting the elections there the same way he's negatively affecting the elections in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um I do think there's a big mirror effect there, and and hopefully it'll be something that, you know, comes to fruition sooner rather than later, like you said. By the end of this year would be absolutely ideal, and it's almost like we need it. Yeah. I think people, I think by the end of 2020, people were were tired, um, which is quite an early time to be tired because, again, like, we have to keep saying, even though I get frustrated openly and complain all the time, like, it is for the people who aren't awake um because i think they're just trying to wake as many people up as possible softly um to kind of it's just damage control essentially because you don't want a huge amount of people um waking up um violently and quickly because you know no no one likes The the day it happens yeah yeah no one likes to be woken up. I don't like being woken up from a nap. So, like, I can imagine that it would be the worst thing ever. But, um, but yeah, in terms of... This is one question that I've been dying to ask. But when did you, like, get into... I say get into Q, but were you, like, from the beginning, you saw the first drops? Or did you, like, slowly find it? Whereabouts in the journey was it? Pretty, pretty much from the beginning that, you know, there's, there's, I've just been around and we had Tom Pappard on, um, our show this week. He's the editor in chief of the national file. He's also a regular contributor on Infowars, and me and him have been friendly with each other since late 2015, back in some of the bigger, um, shit posting boards over here in the United States, especially the pro Trump ones. We were in the biggest one that Facebook's ever had for Trump, which got nuked right before the election in 2020 uh, was re- yeah it was reinstated briefly and then like two or three days before stop the steal they shut it down forever because right before stop the steal happened and, and they, they weren't sure if the way they planted all of their evil characters in at the capitol for that day like the antifa and the black lives matters and the sovereign citizens who they were going to have show up um the memes were really starting to push the narrative of this election being able to be saved by Pence and by him not certifying those states. And when they saw that the memes were kind of pushing the news cycle instead of the actual news that they wanted everybody to hear, they nuked that page. So when I really started to get into those memes back in like late 2015, shortly after Trump announced, you see a lot of stuff coming over from the Chan boards Mm -hmm. and Tom Pappert self-admittedly said one day he got super hammered and uh, just decided that he wanted to make like the greatest Donald Trump Facebook shitposting page 
in the world. There, there was there was a few. There was a Bernie Sanders one that had like you know a couple million people on it, and he's like, oh, I can do better than that. So he basically said he ripped four or five spicy memes from the Chan boards over there and, and, and put them into a post. He said he went to sleep and he woke up like the next morning and they had thousands of likes. And, you know, that whole movement for people who were just kind of shit posters was born. If you wanted to see what the what the relevancy behind some of those memes and the comms that were in them came from, you can go and start to, like I always say, do your own education and and go look into that. And it was it was right after there that you start to see Things starting to come together, um, things starting to make sense. Then obviously you get into fall of cabal, um, and, and and shortly thereafter you see Dan Scavino's ties to it. And then it's like, well, I, I can, part of this sounds crazy, but I don't not believe it. Mm. But then when I see Don, Donald Trump's most trusted assistant being linked to the movement, I said it's got to be legit. And, and right. for me, that's where it comes from. It's just like, come on, man. I mean, if it was like, come on, man, you know. Come on, man. If it was somebody in government that was just like a random person, but this is someone who Donald Trump had known and trusted since he was 16 years old and pretty much hasn't left his side since. Right. So I was like, if he if he's in it all the way to be mentioned in actual comms, mm-hmm. that's it for me. I'm in. Mm-hmm. So it's just one of those things where, uh, you know, a little bit of self-education and research, like you said, um, kind of, if you have an open mind, you're going to get hooked. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, when you, I think some people think an open mind, like, you know, liberals are like, your open mind means that you accept 72 different types of genders when really it's, it goes a lot further than that. Like, we know that. Um, but I well, didn't... you guys only have, you guys only have 72 over there. I think we have 112 in the States. <laughs> Yeah, maybe like there's some swimming, there's some still swimming in the ocean over our, over the pond or the pond, should I say? Um, yeah, that's that's crazy. But um, I didn't know that. I didn't know that he he knew him from that age. Like I'm, I wouldn't say that I'm a new newbie newbie, but I am I am a bit of a newbie. Like I I wasn't with Q from the beginning. I had no idea it even existed until damn. I don't even know what year we're in now. Oh my gosh. Um, I hope it's still 2021. Mid 2019, I think. Right. It's like six months, uh, maybe ten months before um, the pandemic, and I was a Trump hater like early, early. Not a Trump hater. I didn't care enough to hate him, but I was like, um, hook, line, and sinker with the fact that he was orange man bad. You know, like yeah. he's gonna come in and press the big red button, and um, but then I really started to. Uh, sit down and listen to what he had to say when the the only place that you could find him is when it was on youtube because they wouldn't show it on the news like here i've mentioned this before like if boris wants to make a speech everybody sat down with a cup of tea at five o'clock channel one he's coming on he's making a speech everybody listens to it everybody then discusses it with each other afterwards whereas they weren't even showing trump like speak they would just show the snippets and stuff but when you actually listen to the guy like and that's another reason why i managed to get my mom on side after that um she was like yeah when you do listen to him like in a proper interview he's he's really intelligent like he you know he's he can string a sentence together like the media will say that but yeah um it's it's completely different it is completely different he is different so i think that yeah 
Go on. Go ahead. I mean, you just, you, you just got to go look at the totality of it. There are so many people who will hate him but won't go and do the research. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like Tom said when he was on our show this past week, before he got into Donald Trump and it was after a failed uh, romanticizing with the libertarian movement here and Ron Paul, um, which just didn't work out. And the, the states weren't ready for that kind of leadership. He just They, they basically turned him into a joke um, in the election prior. So, but if you go back and look at Donald Trump's YouTube, like old interviews on like Oprah mm-hmm. or um, Larry King and, and when he would go on, you know, and sit down with like um, 2020 and then you go and read his books, not just The Art of the Deal, but like the four or five books that he's done. And you listen to the narrative that he's pushed pretty much since, like, maybe the early 80s. His political view, or, well, his party affiliation maybe has flipped. Right. Um, but his political views always remain the same. America was already always getting jobbed in the global market of nobody paying their fair share. The world economy was stacked negatively against the greatest economy in the world, which is the United States. Um, immigration is killing small business and, you know, uh, middle-class workers' jobs for the last 50 years. And, and none of those narratives ever changed the way he might talk about them or the twists or, you know, like punchline he would add for shock value might have changed going up to his first candidacy. But the way he felt politically has never changed. He said if he ever ran the country, he would run it like a businessman. When he was here, he surely did. Um, and, and that was the whole America First movement. It had nothing to do with race, religion, what country you were trying to, you know, illegally enter the United States from or any of that stuff. It was how are we getting jobbed in the world on a business level and, and how are we going to change that? Yeah. Yeah. He's always remained very consistent from what I've seen. And it's it's kind of funny how when he became president, he, he was never on any of those shows ever again. You know, like... Um, there's that massive, massive rabbit hole that I'm absolutely obsessed with that goes right back to Trump being picked at an early age to play a specific role in the, I guess, within the elites. And he's just been this double agent this whole time. Um, And I guess it would make sense as to why, you know, when he became president, they never had him on a show. They never had him, like, say on Ellen or, you know, like they did with Obama, like they had those on. Um, never on Oprah, never on anything. I think the only thing close was when um, Junior went on The View, I think. That was fire. Uh-huh. That was so good. Did you see that? Yeah. Yeah. He he was um, yep. he was absolutely amazing on that. I was, I was just like, wow, you really, you really did. They hated him being there, obviously, but... I'm yeah, like, for as much as an an- ambush they turned it into for him, uh, it was still pretty amazing having him on. He, he's a strong person, too. Especially with and, and Kimberly as like, backup. Holy. Oh, yeah. she's. Can you imagine, like, the... I mean, I guess outside of the political spectrum, you can only assume what people are like in their personal lives, but going from Gavin Newsom to Don Jr., it's just a huge, huge difference. Yeah, for sure. Completely. I, I, well in terms of was I, I feel like that probably wasn't even real the whole Newsom and, and Kimberly together I, I can't see it I, I don't know I, that's I just, like one of the like one of those gay celebrities have a and I'm air quoting wife 
Yeah, because most celebrity power-ups are fake anyway, aren't they? They're all <coughs> fake and gay, so, like, I, I don't know. Like, everybody's everybody's in this fake relationship to break up, to cause, to cause drama and distraction and all of that. You know, it's just weird. It's all very weird. But, yeah, um, Trump never went on any other show any show after that although did he was he president when he went on the show where his hair was messed up who who did that was it jimmy fallon jimmy fallon yeah he, i don't know when and, when that was but i remember that being a, a that, that that was at some point uh it, it could have been in it was right it was getting close to the election it was it was getting pretty close right. to the election so before interesting yeah, because I ain't seen him on any, any, and I was like likening it to, you know, like on the movies when um, vampires can't be around light. I was like, he's he's the source of light, and these these demons can't literally stand being in the same room as the guy, because no, they can't. They've realized that he is a good guy now. Whereas before, maybe he was like, oh, we don't really know where to place him. He's a rich guy, and you know, it's Donald Trump, like. You know, if he was doing the whole double agent role, and now it's like, as soon as he was elected, everybody was like, he's bad, 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 bad. Everyone, every and, celebrity, and every that's the thing. That's the thing too. Like a lot of people who may or may not be on the fence with Q or the plan really have to look at his whole career body of work. Why? What benefit did Donald Trump have involving himself in this political? disaster that our country is and, and just ruining well some say was... money some say money the ones that want to actually but he, he he's lost so much money yeah of course. like billion b- billions since he became president and then you know it's just that he, he could have just gone to mar-a-lago five years ago and been golfing all this time since and every once in a while someone will be like hey what do you think about this or what do you think about that and he'll be like yeah this politician sucks or this business deal sucks but no he gave it up 100% all went all the way in. Um, I just think that a lot of the people that were pre-established in the United States, especially at the highest levels of government, they just they just really jobbed him when he got there. He got off to a really terrible start with some bad recommendations in regards to political appointees, and he was never able to recover. So, mm. you know, for, for the great outstanding job that he did do, which I'll, I'll consider him one of the best presidents here in over 100 years. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Agree. If not the best. But, I, you know, he was a, you know, Chris Christie, who was a high-ranking uh, person, once he won the nomination, did a whole bunch of bad career politician recommendations, and his legal counsel at the White House was awful. Mm-hmm. And by the time he started to get a grip on it, it was too late. But, um, like I said, I think he, you know, looking back now, I think he did need to get out of there. And this had to happen for it to uh, kind of solidify what's going to come eventually. Right? Yeah. 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 All part of, like, the greater plan, essentially. Because a lot of people have been saying, I mentioned this on the podcast yesterday that I did with MJ, like, why did he not fire these people? You know, why did he not get rid of them? But firing them is easy for them. Like it's it's an easy road for them because then they're never seen again in the public eye and they're never um, held accountable for their actions. And so, like with Fauci and Burks, I feel like, um, especially when he put them at the front on the you know on the podium and made them speak, you could tell they were completely uncomfortable. Burks was like 
having a panic attack every time she had to come in that room and speak whilst Trump was there. Um, Fauci was also completely like just insane. His body, the body language, he just had to read the body language. Um, he humiliated them and he wanted them to be there and be in that position and say those things so that when eventually um, all of this will, you know, kind of come to light that because I think they're going to gaslight us now and I think, you know, the news are going to be like, why wasn't anyone cautious about the vaccine and why wasn't anyone, you know, actually asking any questions and it's like, they'll turn around and do that. I know that they will. And um, if it if it have fired these certain people, it would have been an easy route for them, I think. I don't know whether you agree with that or whether you think that you should have just got rid of them. And I think it's all part of like, when we say optics all the time, but I think it is people have to see they have to be they can't be told they have to be shown it's all the same thing like literally a lot of those people are going to be walked out uh in shame and that's just the way it is i think he puts them on such a under a public spotlight that's so big when the light finally does get to them and shine on them it's going to be such a public display of shame Mm -hmm. we won't have to worry about why he didn't fire people yeah yeah i agree i totally agree with that one um, okay, so aside from Q, we'll probably get back onto it, no doubt. Why don't you tell me a little bit about when you woke up? Were you, were you woke when you were born, or was there a period of time in life where you were like, shit, like, this is this is bullshit and I'm in a matrix? Yeah, I mean, I am pretty old, thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> um, but no, I wasn't awoke or awake when I was born. Uh, 9-11 for me. Okay. That was the biggie. Uh, my dad was a huge, knew something was up, didn't sound right, all the way back when the 9-11 commission report was happening here. Um, the way the buildings fell, uh, the no documented video evidence besides that really bad doctored painted missile uh, hitting the Pentagon here. Yeah. Uh, building, se- building 7 and the 9-11 commission not being able to resolve it. Was I that, remember before my dad. Was that ahead. was that like a delay? Was that like not a delayed, but like a? Because I don't know anyone that said that you know when nine eleven happened that they fell off about it immediately. Because obviously there's false flags that happen here, like there was the London Bridge terror attack, which right immediately people were like, oh that's off, like you know. Um, but I don't. I've never ever met anyone who's been like, you know, from the because nine eleven was such a big thing. I think that maybe everybody had like a delayed response to maybe question it, but was he like that or was it like straight away he was like, this is this is fishy, like this is weird? No, it, it was probably a couple years later. Maybe right, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Three when the, when the 9-11 commission report was coming out. Because you're not going to was... dare question it straight away either, something like that, are you? You're just going to be like, okay, yeah, that's what happened. No, they, they. I mean, like I said, you know, they turned it into this generation's Pearl Harbor. Mm-hmm. And for the ones who were still here, it was a chance to wheel them back out again. And for the ones who weren't, it gives them a chance to experience something like they'd never experienced before. But then you start to think about it when you look at all the inconsistencies of 9-11 and they start to tie into something like Pearl Harbor. Is the calm there that maybe that <laughs> Pearl Harbor was exactly the same thing that 9-11 was? A really big false flag to engage us in a global war? It just gets you thinking, and it's like, oh, gosh, that's really bad. But, you know, that's kind of the way I feel about that. Same playbook. Same playbook. Yeah. 
they never change it it's really obvious now and i think that's why so many people are like i mean covid's the biggest one of the biggest false flags since like something was bound to happen at some point that was massive again you know they do the same thing on this cycle don't they yeah covid was really bad and uh they're getting ready to re i know you mentioned it in the top um the george floyd thing's going to come down in the next probably couple weeks and and we'll see where that goes. Do you think that um, he's going to be a... Qu- I'm, I mentioned this actually to a friend. He was like, I thought he'd already been acquitted twice or something. Um, is this the Mandela effect? Or like, what's going on? What's happening? But um, Is the multiverse crashing into each other again? Yeah, I don't know. I remember seeing something like, uh, was it that he wasn't going to be charged immediately or something? Maybe that was it. I don't know. But... Some of, the, some of the high, higher charges had been dropped over the case of pretrial. Right. Like first degree, second degree murder. I think they have like a, and I'm not certain, like a third degree murder and maybe a second degree manslaughter on the table right now, but neither one of those, I don't see how they could legally stick. I mean, it's just, when you look at the whole video, when you look at the toxicology report, when you look at the 2019 encounter, which was almost the same thing minus the fact that he didn't die. When you look at um, the witnesses that they've had so far, his best friend, who was supposed to be like the star witness yesterday, pled the fifth and refused to answer any questions. Was he the guy in the car with him or was that someone else? It was one of the people in the car with him. And and his girlfriend at the time also testified yesterday and said that the biggest part of the biggest component of their relationship was the fact that he was her drug dealer. That was part of her testimony. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, the whole thing is kind of falling apart, but as the people who are involved on the jury continue to get scared, they've had Antifa kind of circling the outside of the courthouse for like the last week and a half now. So it's just like one of those things. It's like convict him or we're going to riot or probably acquit him and we're going to riot. I mean, it's going to happen either way, but you know what I'm saying? They're going to do what they're going to do. Antifa are always going to just do stupid shit regardless of what is actually happening you know they're just going to yep. do it on a bigger scale i guess um, yeah and, and they're always going to do it in places where they know they're going to get no pushback right so it's yeah. not like they're going to go to like the middle of texas or florida arkansas or places like that over here and have those kind of things because the patriots will just come out and send them a pack in real quick mm-hmm. oh yeah so oh yeah so do we still think, I don't know where your stance is on, on the actual, because um, obviously this is, it was quite raw and I didn't want to like talk about it immediately, but some some time has passed. Do you think that the George Floyd um, event, his his death was a sacrifice or do you think that it was just literally coincidental that all of that happened and, you know, it led the way that it was led. I I think it was a little bit of both. And I'm going to say it in the sense of, I think the powers that be had these forces ready to deploy at the first sign of something of this nature, regardless of who it was. The next time there's like a major racially charged case that's like a flashpoint for lighting that fire, they just so happened to pin it on the back of a career aggravated felon who, by the end of this trial, they're going to be able to prove died of a drug overdose. Right, yeah. So. 
and, and to, for me to say that he's in a better place right now, that's a two-pronged response. Because for the kind of person he was, him not being on this planet anymore has him in a better place, and then him actually being dead means that he's in a better place as well. That's the way I look at it. Yeah, because so, essentially at some point he could have really hurt someone, you know, I don't know whether he would have got but, in his car and he was high off his face and crashed the car and killed someone or whatever, I don't know. And um, he already had hurt a whole bunch of people, that's the sad part that no one will bring up. Yeah. When you really go back and examine his criminal record, including holding a pregnant lady at gunpoint in front of her toddler after they cased her house for a week and tried to rob her. Yeah, it's gross, absolutely so, gross. But like there's a, there's a lot of... Uh, a lot of people on that on you know that side who say like, well, who cares? You know, who cares what he did in his past? You know, he could have changed and um, this, that, and the other. And and you know, it doesn't. I think because Candace Owens was saying things like that, and you know, a lot of them don't like what she has to say, so um, they're just immediately on the back foot and they're like, who? It doesn't matter what someone's done, and which is kind of funny because when they you know complain about Trump. And people on the other side, it really does matter what they've apparently done, you know, in air quotes, like the things that they've said or tweeted about or, you know, all that kind of stuff. It really matters if anything happened with them, they'd be like, oh, well, never mind. He's, you know, a piece of shit anyway. That's exactly what they'd say. Yeah, they sure do. They sure do. So I remember um, there's a few there was a few things about the the Floyd situation, which immediately made me like, what? So there was, you probably already know these, but there was the, um, so the first plane that, that well, recorded, um, that hit the, the Twin Towers was okay. at 8.46am. Do you know this one? Uh-huh. No, go ahead. Okay. I, I mean, I may know it, but I still like to hear it. 8.46am, <laughs> and then the amount of time to the second that Derek Chauvin had his knee on his neck or his back or wherever, wherever we're going to find out where it was, um, was 8 minutes 46 seconds. Yep. So they were exactly the same to the second, which is just the weirdest thing. Um, I, I remember triple, well, probably more than triple check, checking this, but it was the street that it was on was 33rd Street, I think. Okay. And there was, like, this bin... Also, why did no one, what you know, record from the back? Like, how many people record things? Like, people record the most insane things these days. Like, I don't know, a guy doing like tricks on his skateboard, and there's like ten people recording. Why is there only one person recording from one angle? Um, yeah, it's pretty funny. You, you didn't get to see the view from the back until yesterday in court, which shows pretty conclusively that from the angle that everyone's seen, it looks one way. But when you the the cop body cam footage showed yesterday that his knee was actually very, very far away from his neck, several inches away from his neck. Was that the whole and time or just part of the time? It was pretty much the whole time. Wow. And, and yeah, it was like a four-minute rip of that um, detention. And, and, I mean, the autopsy's already shown. And, and they did a forensic autopsy, which means, like, they peeled back the skin and did some soft tissue and pre-muscle fiber analysis to show that there was no popped blood vessels. There was no bruising really? at all, even on the under level. Like, that, that policeman's 
office approved use of force did not kill that guy. It wow. was the fentanyl, the meth, the weed, the COVID, the pre-existing heart condition, and the several Percocets he ingested right before he got pulled out of that car. You know, it was a combination of those things plus with the elevated state that he got himself into um, that really kind of led to his ultimate demise. I didn't know. I didn't know that at all. Um, yeah. That's news to me. So thanks for, you know, updating me on, I, on that. It sounds like you guys are about a day behind the cycle, huh? Yeah, I'm like, an, you know, I'm like an hour, hour, um, an hour behind, <laughs> literally, <laughs> all the time. Um, the In terms of the... The court case it can be you can watch it though, right? I'm gonna try and watch it. Uh, yeah, it's on it's on Court TV. It was that's the, the the station that we have here. It's called Court TV. I know, and, that... and they're showing like pretty much wire to wire footage of it. Wow. So the wow. Okay. So the um the I do remember hearing that he said that he couldn't breathe like in the car. Is that right? As he, well? he he said well, Stephen Crowder broke down the entire video okay. and he stated that he could not breathe 28 times. Oh, I'm surprised it wasn't 17 times or 33. Right, that would have that, that would have been perfect. And and then when you compare the video of the 2019 arrest that he had. See, a lot of people don't know this. I can't breathe is a like oldest trick in the book for anyone who's familiar with the criminal justice system. Okay. It's the easiest way to get out of a detention and sent to a medical facility, at which point you may or may not be able to easily escape. Mm -hmm. So by saying I can't breathe, it's almost like a alert that goes off in, in someone who in law, is in law enforcement's head as to, okay, there might be something going on here. Uh, maybe we need to check it out medically before we worry about the arrest and detention. However, this guy was such a known personality in the area, and he was known because him and the cop who wound up detaining him actually worked together for a couple of years as bouncers oh, yeah. um, at some kind of an establishment, plus the size of him, well over six feet, the weight of him, um, you know, nearly 300 pounds. And then if they ran the plate of the vehicle that he was in, and it, it, if it was registered to him, his rap sheet would have come up. So before they've even touched base with him physically, they would have known what kind of what they're dealing with. In addition, there's so many people who don't know that there were two other people in that car who were lawfully detained, questioned, and released without incident. And nothing happened to them. They weren't racially profiled. They weren't illegally detained. No one put their knee on their backs because they comply with the lawful directions to, you know, put your hands behind your back. You know, you're right. We're going to put you in the car. We'll turn on the cooling seats. We'll open up the sunroof. We'll roll down the windows. And then the guy just continued to freak out. Because he knew back, he he knew where he was going. He's going back to jail. Yeah, yeah, and that's so, mo most of the time that's how they react because they don't want to go there, and everybody yep. knows how that always ends up. It always ends up in the same situation. You just got to honestly, it, if if he wasn't as high as he was, it probably would have turned into like an actual use of force. Because you could see he wanted to kind of not comply, but I just don't think I think he was pumping him up so like his heart rate got going you go into like this state to where you're almost like having the best high of your life and it's about to be ruined by a detention and you just get extremely euphoric and and your heart races and and you kind of lose you know control of your emotions and stuff like that and you can see him he's like screaming he's crying you know he's saying his mother died his mother died almost three years before that day 
and, and he was, I can't breathe, you know, using every excuse under the sun just to get out of those handcuffs and into an ambulance so maybe I can get to the hospital and, like, sweet-talk a nurse into letting me go. Yeah. You know. And he was already out on, on, on early release because of COVID. So, right. you know, he had, he had manipulated the system to a T after cr- committing a kaleidoscope of crimes over the course of his adult life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those things. I, I hate saying people that pass away like that get what they deserve. But, I mean, it's like you said, he could have gone on to really, like, continue hurting people. And, and at the end of the day, if, he's, if, <laughs> if, if the crappy Democrat leftist state that he lives in is not going to keep him incarcerated where he obviously belonged, uh, regardless of his race, of his gender, based off of the fact of what he's done, then what else are you going to do with him? Yeah. No, I totally agree with that as well. Because he, yeah, he was only going to go on and do worse. Because they always yeah. do. They just they just spiral out of control. Um, but that's that's interesting that it's on the... So do you think that the footage, you know, the, the, the footage that they're going to release now... Um, it's probably a miracle if the news show it. But do you think that that whole situation could be used to kind of expose how the media have hyped it up? Because I know a lot of people have been like, it's just showing exactly how um, the media have manipulated the situation to cause all of the riots. Because the riots that happened after that have gone on for so long. Like, they're still kind of... They're still going on, right? Because they're still autonomous zones i know that antifa are using george floyd as an excuse to do whatever the hell they want to do um but they're still obviously it's still a thorn in you know people's side in america of these people doing that do you think that potentially later down the line it may be that this particular event can be used to expose how the media do that or do you think that that's maybe me being a bit like optimistic (laughs) you know i want to be optimistic with you and say yes but i'll just give you a couple examples of things that have happened in the united states over just the last few months okay yesterday the united states department of justice issued a statement that stated there was no insurrection at the capitol on january 6th Mm -hmm. and anyone who basically participated in that event won't be charged with anything other than a misdemeanor if they're going to be charged. You've had every news agency in the United States, every elected official short of Donald Trump, go on and said what happened on January 6th in the United States was worse than Pearl Harbor, was worse than 9-11, all of that stuff. And the Department of Justice said yesterday, just quietly, they just released a press statement. It was no more than six lines. And, and, And the reason for the whole big deal was that the Department of Justice admittedly said the media had hyperboled this into a frenzy. Mm-hmm. And they had to take it to this degree because of the public opinion of the people in the United States. Like, if the media comes out and automatically says this is the worst thing that ever happened here, ever, well, then the Department of Justice is going to have to investigate it. But their investigation showed nothing. Mm-hmm. And if, if... There's, no media, there's no media accountability here. Yeah, if they, they hyped, make... yeah, if they hyped up that statement in the way that they hyped up the ins- insurrection, in quote marks, then people would know. Like people would be like, "Oh my, oh, oh can you believe they like you know they they hyped it up that much, guys?" Because they would. That's how people would react. But no, it's quietly. I remember seeing reading something today. Um, it's quietly done, and um, people 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 already already have like the worst amnesia ever. 
that week to week, especially liberals. It's like yeah, well, the Washington, well, the Washington Post one of one of the last nails in Donald Trump's stop the steal coffin was the phone call that he had in regards to the forensic audit in Georgia with the governor there, where the Washington Post reported that Donald Trump said, "I'm down by 10k." You need to find 10K, make it 11K. And last week, the Washington Post released a statement that said, literally, almost to verbatim, we lied to push a narrative that Donald Trump was trying to bully the governor of Georgia into changing the results of the election. We don't like to report that way. However, we just did. And then there's no accountability. So Article 230 in the United States is a really just big demon that's i don't know if it's ever going to be wrestled out of existence it's going to take a a huge force that to was, get that protection yeah that was the one that trump was like repeal repeal 230 right is that the right am I yeah right it, it protects all of the media facebook instagram and then the mainstream press the, the the hard copy papers and all stuff like this you know it protects them from basically Anytime they misreport something or willingly lie, they just basically get a mulligan because free speech is protected only when it's convenient to them. Right. Yeah. Of course. So, do you think that? So, do you think there are, um, that white hats are like infiltrated within the mainstream media somewhere, and like keeping an eye on everything? Because at the same time, whereas I'm like, okay, why don't we just nuke the whole of mainstream media and start again? And like, just put the you know people that are going to report the truth. But also, we kind of need them to hang themselves badly. So if it's a case of like anywhere from, let's 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 say the insurrection, all the way up to them pushing um, vaccines as propaganda, um, do we need to have them actually play it out as horrible as it is because people are going to get um, hurt and involved in it? Or do we just, you know, just go, okay, let's just stop. Let's, you know, let's fix everything and let's go to the truth. Like how, I guess it's like a, it's not even a flip of a coin. There's so many different um, facets to it and like avenues that you could go down um, to try and make it the most feasible. Because I guess even if you're like, okay, everybody, let's report the truth properly. All of the liberals are going to flip because they'll, they they don't know what the truth is and they, they can't handle the truth you know it's the best quote ever from few good men but like they literally can't they can't and and how do you do that how do you do it in a in in a way that people will respond the best that i think that's the the hardest part to kind of decipher it because the the news for me like i guess you'll you'll agree it is the enemy of the people it's probably it's an sure it is arm of the enemy that we're against but it's it's one of the biggest and i was thinking about um the next protest that i'm going to i'm going to put on my sign i want to make a sign i was thinking you know shall i put something about the media being the enemy of the people because everybody who's going to these protests you know like on the ground like not just on as anons on instagram and twitter and everywhere we we think that the police are the the enemy. In the UK, there's a big feeling of that. Like they want to they want to instigate a fight with the police to the people that goes to these protests. And I'm most mostly everybody's peaceful, but there is a few people who you know they want to get a rise out of the police. And yeah. the, the, for me, I want, when I go, I want to be like 
the news, because the news do it. The news are like the police and the protesters and the causing the divide to literally distract you away from them. So like, yeah, the police is your enemy. You need to go and annoy police officers and expect to be arrested. And everybody's focused on that and they're not focused on the real enemy, which is the media. Right. No, I mean, I completely agree with you. I just think that, uh, you know, I, I think one of the biggest hopefuls for all of us, not, not just the Anons and the Patriots, but for people who were kind of, you know, just led around like sheep in the mainstream, but are starting to crack that calcium on their third eye a little bit. Uh, more and more people who are famous or prominent, they're starting to defect and being like, either I don't like this view of the left or I know this is literally wrong and I, I'm going to say it is. And I've seen more people kind of coming out as conservative the last couple of years. And I think it's just as they kind of pull away from that and kind of join us. That we're going to get, you know, more of a, seat in the public arena not just be out on the fringes um because i mean when you say we are the news we literally are we may not be the ones who necessarily find it but we're going to report on it and then spread it better than any of the mainstream media companies can within a way shorter amount of time than they can do it too i think that's one of their biggest frustrations and why there's so many nukings and so much censoring going on on social media because our ability to spread the good word it is like no other, but um, yeah, yeah I, th- I think the more mainstream or bigger named people, whether it be in politics, Hollywood actors, sports figures, kind of jump over to the good side team over here. You know, I think we're going to see more and more um, of the cracks in the dam that we may not see like at the moment. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of uh, good infiltrators. Um... There's a lot of people that have infiltrated from the good, if that makes sense. Yeah. We don't even know. Yeah, I, they could be literally acting like a... Comp- like a, <laughs> most people a total would, black hat. Most people would agree with me, but I was like, I think little Nas X is a white hat. Like, he's he's really taking this thing to the... to the. Who would you say it was? I'm sorry. Lil, it, it, Lil, Nas, Lil Nas X, you know, with the Satan shoes. I know. They keep showing that video of when he's doing, like, the Old Town Road in, like, the middle school gym, like, two years ago. Yeah. And now he's li- and now he's literally getting butt raped by Satan in another video. Yeah, but like usually it's subliminal, right? And it's like you know yeah. you can't really see it, and they're doing like different hand signs and stuff and all of that kind of thing. Whereas he's just like taking it to like full on what exactly what the anons have been talking about this whole time, this whole time. And because I re- I saw a tweet and someone put um, the the QAnon people are gonna go insane about this, and it's like. Well, no shit, because we've literally been saying that, even down to, even down to the whole blood and, I didn't want to get onto the topic of these bloody shoes, but, literally bloody shoes, but, um, the the blood in the shoes, like, what? What? Yeah. Are we back recording it? I'm, yeah, I started recording, yeah, like, Nobody knows. Well, they can know now, but I, I record didn't record like twenty minutes, maybe ten minutes of of me and Ron talking about um, vaccine passports. But it's fine. Probably all the good stuff, right? <laughs> it was pretty good. It was pretty good. At the end yeah. of the day, at the end of short, long story short, we're not getting them. So that's it. We're not getting the shot. We're not getting the passports. So that's, that, that's right. what you missed over the course of ten minutes of colorful conversation. <laughs> it's not. Um, 
No, I mean, I can't tell you guys where I work. We we tell everybody on our show that we're in law enforcement. Okay. And that's that's pretty much to the extent. And we live in San Diego. Because some people are gonna be like, our... "Why have you got all that? Why have you got all that? You know, hundred pounds worth of gear on? Like, what what are you doing? That's all." Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're running around all day, you know, doing our jobs and stuff like that. And uh, just for the sake of our agency being not happy with us talking shit about the government every week, we just kind of try to remain anonymous to a point. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, when you guys come on the show, you'll be able to see us. Like we, we usually do Zoom or Skype when we uh, record our show for audio quality. Oh. So you'll be, you'll, yeah, you'll be able to put faces to names. Um, but besides that, you know, we, we kind of that's why we don't have YouTube or anything like that. A lot of people urge us to like, oh yeah, I should get on YouTube. I was like, first of all, that's one thing that you're just gonna go ahead and do and uh, just wind up getting it nuked. Because that's one of the first ones to go. I, I think we've been able to be safe so far just because of the random name of our podcast. It seems like we're so far underneath the detectable algorithms. Right. That, you know, they see something that has, there's nothing that has anything to do with anything political in it. And, um, yeah, I think, I think they just think we're some kind of a variety show because, I mean, I post some pretty spicy stuff on our Instagram in addition to... We go down the list on our show every week. I mean, just for the things in the United States, we say, like, the election was fraudulent, the president's illegitimate, Dominion voting machines and and outside entities from all over the world went ahead and interfered in our election. There was no insurrection at the Capitol, which I've been calling for the last two and a half months, and it just turns out the Department of Justice said it's factual. Right. You know, in addition to saying I talk shit about the Masters of the Universe all the time and I give them all pet names like Lizardberg at Facebook <laughs> and, and Jack Dorsey, we call him Soynos. And, you know, we say George Soros's name all the time and make references to him and, and his likeness to Jabba the Hutt. And it just seems like we fall underneath the radar. So, so far, so good. I, well, I, d- I doubt they're going to, like, listen to, like, you know, three hours each podcast to kind of vet it. I think, I know that you know, but um, we were taken down on Anchor. We're, uh-huh. we're back up there now, but I've, I've just literally in the bio, I've just put We Are The News now, and that's it. Whereas in the previous one, it did have the 17th letter of the alphabet in it. So I think that might have been why they removed us. Because um, obviously that's going to be the quickest way they're going to be able to to delete it without having to listen. Um, but is it now? Because according to HBO, now this is like mainstream. So, I mean... The thing is, do you think that if you set up a podcast um, to bash Q, that you'd get nuked? Well, I mean, there's a lot of... At least in the United States, I see a lot of Black Pill-themed um, podcasts. And, and they really do rail on the whole movement. Um, just, uh, it's a lot of people who were disappointed that nothing happened. And, you know, even some of like the larger ones who are like in my podcast community, I mean, like the human vibration, she's coming on our show, uh, on 420. Is this, is this the girl with the velvety voice? You said she had a velvety voice. Oh, okay. Yes. She's, she's on Twitter as human vibration and she does a lot of, uh, color analysis, energy analysis. Okay. She's done in-depth research into... Um, like saying that John Benet Ramsey, that murder that happened to the small girl decades mm-hmm. ago, was one of the first 
uses of CGI technology to fool the American public and that this girl never even really existed. Wow. Which is like, right? But then when you start looking at it and looking into it, she sends you down some rabbit hole. She's like, go back and watch the old news reports on YouTube and you'll find out that none of the beauty pageants that this girl was in ever existed. And they can't, and they can't find any contact members of like the community and the friends and family besides the immediate ones that were on the news who kind of put this girl ever in the world. And I'm just like, then I start to look at the pictures and they're all so perfect. They almost look mm-hmm. fake. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's like, just, you know, any kind of rabbit hole you go down and really start to have some, some belief in it. It's just like, Oh my God. And then you start seeing like, well, then you think like, well, remember the Obama and the Oprah interview where they did it remotely, but it made them look like they were in the same room and they're playing footsie on a green screen, but they're 2000 miles apart from each other. And you're like, Holy shit. What if, it all has been stuff like that. And just like, yeah. It makes you think. Yeah. Because um, they did, wasn't there a Netflix documentary on the, on the, um, on the girl? The, jo- the little girl. Jominee Ramsey. Yeah, there, there sure was. And you think like, how far do these people go to make up bullshit? I mean, obviously I don't know whether that rabbit hole is a rabbit hole, but when you get, it's really actually good to get to a point to where you don't, believe anything that you've been told by these people and that's the probably the best place to be is just completely like open to interpretation of everything and and not get sucked into their the narrative that they push because i mean i don't know what they would gain from doing that i guess like you said um when, <laughs> when i wasn't recording um they're, they're trying to see how far they can push people and and what kind of reaction they're gonna get and if you know, there wasn't a peep of anyone being like, oh, this story sounds weird. They would just be like, oh, we can do this next time or that next time. So, yeah. It's... And there's things that happen, like, here in the United States that just happen and, like, go away. Like, there was the Colorado shooting two weeks ago, and they were ready to pull, you know, and pin that guy into being a white nationalist and throwing it back on Trump and getting his name negatively back into the news cycle. That was in. That was to... insane. I, I didn't post on that. Um, because I, I don't, I, at this point, I'm just like, we all know what's going on and is there any point in me posting about it, but it's definitely completely insane at, how, at what happened, like how everyone pushed that. And then as soon as you said he wasn't white, it was, okay, well now we'll focus on guns. Yeah. It just just completely gone. And the sad part about it is when you start to look into that story, it, it, you'll find that, you know, some of the statements released from the FBI say that this guy had been on the radar lightly since he was in high school, but for like prominently for the last two years. And then you start to compare some of the other things that are happening in the United States. You have these Black Lives Matter and Antifa literally committing insurrection, occupying lawful areas of the United States and turning them into autonomous zones and literally doing the things that basically start a civil war going consequence free out of jail without bail and back sometimes getting arrested multiple times a day. The bad things that are going on in like New York and Chicago and things of that nature, all the way up to the capital thing that happened here on January 6th, where they, they had detained people from that like a week after sometime in January, all the way up till this week. So if this guy is on the radar for the last two years and you're more worried about someone who 
walked into the Capitol building and, and literally took a shit in Mitch McConnell's office. <laughs> like, the, the scales are tipped so farly in the favor of what, you know, the powers that be want you to hear. It's just like a never-ending fight that we're in. But it's, it's one that I, I, it, it energizes me every day. So mm, for them good. to admit that there was no insurrection, for them to admit that that guy who killed the 10 people in Colorado was on the radar for, for two years make me think, like, when you say we are the news, we really do have more of a responsibility and a calling to do it as correctly as possible and as accurately as possible and just point people in directions and not force them there because they need to see this stuff too. They need to have it in their brain, at least to process it if they're not going to believe it. Yeah, right. It's often, like I say, you know, if you're going to send anything like that to anyone, just be like, have you seen this? Not like, haha, like, look at this, you know, told you so type. Just be like, have you seen this? Like, whoa, that's crazy. And then they'll be like, instead of getting the backup straight away, they'll like actually take on the information. Um, But yeah, there was something that I was going to go back and ask you just then when you mentioned it. But now it's gone from my mind. Oh, um, perfect. Well, I'll circle back to what we were originally talking about. It's like uh, the black pill yes. um, programs and then possibly getting canceled. And I started referencing human vibration. I was going to tie her also to my Maria, who they're kind of in the same wheelhouse, but they were both huge Q-inspired Q followers in the beginning. And they've kind of pulled back because of, you know, obvious letdowns and maybe the way they look at the world doesn't match up to the way the plan's unfolding. And, it, and you know, Maria's kind of more black-pilled now. Human vibration just kind of, she stays on, like, her own level of, like, I'm just going to go and, and feel good and sound great. And, I, but the thing is... is I, I was just going to say, I didn't know that Maria would, had become black-pilled. I, I don't particularly follow her, but I've obviously I've heard of her. She's a big name, and I didn't know that she would had gone that way. Um, I mean, it's not surprising so many people have, but... Um, but yeah, go, go ahead. to do two mega interviews on her podcast. So if anybody wanted to hear what it's like to try and get that guy to answer a question for three hours straight twice, <laughs> go check out her episodes of having Ron Watkins on because that guy must have had some kind of training in interrogation tactics because I, he has never, I, he didn't, he went on her show for over six hours and he didn't legitimately answer one wow. question. I've not, I've not watched yeah. it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really good just to hear him. But you want to know what? They're on a very personal level. Uh, I think he feel way more comfortable in the second time he was on her show. And it, he, he did show a little bit of his joking side and stuff like that. But in regards to, you know, this, that, and the other thing, I mean, they kind of left it. And I'll, I'll spoil it for your audience because HBO is going to release the last two portions of their documentary this week. He did say that if HBO doesn't divulge who he led on to believe is Q in their last two episodes this Sunday, he will return to her show and based off of the data that he has from being the board manager at, you know, eight coon and stuff, who he thinks or who he knows Q is, which is kind of, it's kind of scary. So like within the next week, hypothetically, we could know. And I went ahead, I went ahead and asked Maria offline when her show was over, we were messaging each other, and I asked her, would she tell me? And she said no, which is fine. Um, uh, but I said, you know, what did you think? And, and she basically said, like, when he told me who it was, um, the news is big, but it made her think and question the motivation because of who the person is. So I guess you could take it as that as kind of like a cliffhanger, because that's where she kind of left me at. So, so what do you think about Ron? 
uh, you know what? The HBO documentary didn't do him and his dad any justice. Uh, I don't know how much of it you saw, if you saw any. I haven't watched it. If you, <laughs> if you, if you, if you have it, I'll, I'll give you my HBO Max login so you can watch it. Oh, sweet. Because I, I don't even know how to get it over here. And also, like, I've seen some clips and stuff. And I have been meaning to do it. Like, I'm definitely one of the people that will take one for the team and, like, watch CNN instead of watching anything else just to see how they're spinning things, you know, because some people can't stomach it. Um but yeah, no, that would be good. This is a, this is a good thing to get into because it kind of gets juicy. I'm sure some of our, the listening audience, just based off fan base uh, numbers, have probably seen it. So the, the, throughout the first four episodes, they kind of go through the story of like how 4chan turned into 8chan. Uh, there was like you know that little guy in the I can't remember his name. His handles Hot Wheels in the wheelchair who kind of <laughs> got picked up by Ron Watkins' dad. So Ron Watkins' dad financially backed. 4chan and turned it into 8chan and Ron became like the administrator of that group they had a falling out all the way to the point of where like the little guy in the wheelchair is like calling the FBI and stuff to investigate the walk-ins and they're all this that and the other thing but oh. it kind of leads you like to a whole bunch of nowheres okay uh, they interview people they interview like and and they're all sweet people who are really deeply convicted so I don't want to say like the worst kind of Q followers but it's like the people who like go off the grid just to do Q and then they do Q podcasts and then like all they do is wear like Q shirts out and they have bumper stickers on Hey, it's me. <laughs> I know, but it, but but it's just like those are the only people I they know what you mean. They didn't show any uh-huh. of like, you know, just normal people who say like this is something that based off of the evidence that's been provided is completely legitimate and give like I mean you you see and they leave a lot of awkward pauses and they kind of use almost like circusy music to segue segments. And they kind of, they really picture Ron Watkins' dad, Jim, in a bad light. They make him seem like he's a creepy, bossy, I already said creepy, but I'm going to say it again, creepy old guy. Okay, yeah. He's like in a, he's in a field that has, he's like completely should be aged out of, because I don't know how old he is, but he was a Vietnam vet, so he's got to be close to 60. And Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, and he's doing a news report and, and this, that, and the other thing. But long story short, in the last episode... They were recording, Ron and Colin, the director, and Ron asked if they were done recording, and Colin said, yes. He puts the camera down, but leaves it on. They get into some small chit-chat for like a minute, and Ron Watkins goes, you do know Steve Bennett's cute, right? And Colin's like, what? And he's like, well, yeah. He's like, you can you can basically prove that Steve Bannon's cute. And he's like, what do you mean? He goes, well, I'll give you an example. There was a com in 2018 where Q posted a picture outside of Michael Avenatti, who was the lawyer that represented the porn star who sued Donald Trump right outside of his office. He goes, if you just want to go based off IP addresses from the Chan boards, which I have access to as the administrator, and he coagulated like this, uh, you know, the coordinates. Long story short, Steve Bannon's home in Malibu and Michael Avenatti's office were 22 minutes apart. So it was hypothetically technical technical that he could have taken that picture and then again posted from that same ip address later in the evening right so that the whole premise of that episode was this is mind-blowing then they went into like steve bannon's whole background you know master of breitbart and he's been weaponizing the media to push his narrative for decades and like this makes a whole bunch of sense he was donald trump's personal advisor he left to go and crush donald trump's enemies in the mainstream media um, but at the end of the episode, they started to tie the fact that Michael Flynn and Steve Bannon had hazed each other 
public and privately for years. To where in some of Steve Bannon's books and hot mic moments of Michael Flynn, they basically called each other like motherfucking idiots and this guy's a complete retard and, and things of that nature. So he's like, I guess at the end of this episode, the cliffhanger was, it could have been Steve Bannon, but he turns out it's like he's a red herring. You, you, you want to believe it's him just because of his reach, his money, his influence, his exclusive access to Donald Trump. But at the end of the day, it just doesn't make sense. It'd be the last fucking person make, on the list. Maybe, right. But, yeah. I mean, I, I think he's definitely in the outside of the inner circle, just based off of his reach. Because, right. I mean, as far as the conservative movement goes, just with Breitbart, he was one of the biggest influencers in the history of conservative media. I just think where he's at now, if you're going to tell me someone that's, like, supposed to be leading this revolution is, like, a nearly 70-year-old guy who wears, like, you know, neck scarves and, and oversized jackets and, <laughs> you know, has the kind of mouth on him that he does, I just don't think it is. So, so you think Ron... So, my theory on Ron um, is that... And it's weird that you you mentioned that he's... He never answered a question properly. Um, immediately, I can't remember when it was, but he was like, I think maybe it was when I saw this the trailer for the HBO documentary, or whether he put something okay. in his Telegram. Um, and it's probably a consensus across many people, but I think that he has been given the role, and especially when I heard that Cullen had been following him around for three to four years, right? Not just months, years. That he's been sent to literally make them smell a different scent away from the the head of the snake, right? So I believe that as well. He and and the fact that he doesn't answer a question, I don't know. He could he could literally be um, another demon. But he could also be the an infiltrator for the good side to make them run around like headless chickens chasing the rotten like with with him he knew he probably did have his camera on so he was like oh yeah I'm gonna you know pretend that because he will be so clever like he's obviously quite clever um, he's brilliant yeah he's brilliant he will probably be like you know, is your camera off and he's playing that whole reverse psychology and he's like, yeah, yeah, it's off. And then he's like, he's going to believe that I think it's off. So now I'm going to say something that he thinks is a secret. And then again, he's, so not only did they think that Ron was Q, now he think someone else is Q. And if he's led them on this wild goose chase, they're never going to know, even more so than before, they're never going to know who, 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 is posting like you know the multiple people i guess some of the some of the juicy tidbits he did give though was over the course of those two shows they talked about stop the steal and i've done a lot of research i know that he was personally tapped by several of our most prominent republican congressmen here and worked with them directly on um foreign nation interference via the internet for stop the steal some of the evidence that they were going to present he helped them tabulate Right. So you're talking about like Ted Cruz, Jim Jordan, Josh Hawley, mm-hmm. Tom Cotton. Like those people literally tapped him for information. That's number one. He also talked about how he worked, but not to what context, with Linwood, Sidney Powell, and that whole group while it was going on. 
And then they even talked about briefly his access to Donald Trump, and they asked him, have you ever talked to Donald Trump? And this is the way he answered questions on a documentary, the same way he did on, like, the My Maria podcast. Um, he'd be like, well, yeah, but uh, no, I don't know. And, and Colin would be like, well, what do you mean you don't know? He's like, well, I mean, I've talked to the people that, like, are, like, on the closest insulation level to him. And he's like, yeah, and? And he's like, well, we'd talk on the phone, and you know, they'd ask a question and I'd give an answer and it would get quiet. And the only reason I could assume that is because he was in the room and giving them like a nonverbal response to how to ask me another question or if he was confirming or denying the answer. And I was just like, so, so he basically said without saying that he's been on like speakerphone in the mm -hmm. Oval Office or, you know, at some place where Donald Trump was, was working that day and, and that Donald Trump was in the room basically listening to the answers he was giving when they were asking him questions about Stop the Steel. Yeah. So that's how... It's, so regardless of how this documentary makes him look for anybody that's listening to this podcast now, you have to take into context of how high he's built. In addition to... He does know who it is because of the accessibility he has via his boards. And, mm -hmm. you know, it, you just have to... Let him be what he, he's going to be because at, at the end of the day, I think... We're not at a point right now that we need to find out who it is. Right. We're not. Yeah. It, like, we already know who Q Plus is. We already know how close Dan Scavino is. We already know how close Ron Watkins is. Who cares about the one other person? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind hearing from them again anytime soon. <clears throat> but at the same, But at the same time, it's really pointless for them to, like, come out today and, like, just be like, I am one singular person who has been motivating you all this time. But what then, what do you do with it? You know? Uh-huh, yeah. It, it's like, so... All it is for is like a reveal for people when really all we, you know, need to focus on is the fact that there's good people fighting for us and those good people are those people and whoever they are, you know, like, they can be nameless heroes. It, do, it doesn't matter, but... Um, and if anybody, if anybody really believes in the plan, the whole theory behind the plan is, is that nameless, faceless heroes have been working hard to defend the Republic fighting the most evil thing in the history of the world for centuries. Right. I mean, not since the introduction of the plan, but if you look at the entire map, you know, since the dawn of time, there's always been something to push back on this darkness. And by seeing one person's face tomorrow, if, if that's what you need to confirm this for you, then you're, you're down the wrong rabbit hole. Go head to over to the flat earthers or whether the moon landing was real or anything like that. Yeah, because like I mentioned on... The last potty I did, uh, you know, there was a drop that said, it's my favorite, well, one of my favorite drops, but it's like, this is bigger than any one person or entity. And it is like, wherever you want to go down this rabbit hole, um, there are, you know, people, beings that are good um, fighting against evil. It's, it's, and we've said it so many times, it's, it's good versus evil, right? Yeah. So That's what it is. this all we can do is just keep being the you know another face um, or another voice. We don't need to know everybody's name, even in like. And this is a funny thing, right? So like, how many anons are there who want to stay anonymous? Um, oh, million, millions, and they, millions. They want to do this, and they want to fight fight against evil, and they want to remain anonymous. So we don't need to kind of like. Yeah find out exactly who is part of the team just just roll with it because it's, it's 
I mean, it's very obvious that it that Trump's involved. I mean, come on, like how many times have we been we've been shown that so many times that he's you know involved. I I don't know anyone that could say that he isn't at this point. Even people who are against uh, you know anti Q or whatever. Um, right. But that's where the confusion lies with some people because if you are anti Q, then essentially you're anti Trump, and then the the because they're still Trumpers. So, if you denounce in Q, you are kind of denouncing a lot of what you know Trump's about because he's part of he's part of the whole thing, and and people know that, even the anti Q people. The, the, the anti people know that his personal assistant is the one that connects the dots for us a lot of times. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry to say that Dan Scavino keeps Donald Trump in the dark about everything that's going on is just retarded because he he wouldn't be allowed near him if he wasn't allowed to be who he is in this whole plan right exactly and that's that's just the absolute fact of the matter yeah so i mean it's an testament to his loyalty too like i said like that guy was his caddy at his golf club or his golf club when he was 16 years old and now he's his personal assistant connecting deltas for us and dropping comms you you can't get much more loyal than that that is like so serious yeah it's a long lifelong relationship that they've got together um he's not going to be bought off or bribed or even blackmailed because they'll have nothing on him so yeah no i I do think that i do think sometimes towards the end of stop the steal though that donald trump might have been probably threatened or maybe even compromised to the fact that you had that incident in georgia where the secretary of state i believe his daughter's boyfriend was like vaporized. Oh shit! Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Sydney Powell's pointed that out a bunch of times on podcasts and radio shows that she's gone on too. That just the forensic evidence shows that this was not an automobile accident; it was a single car accident, and it looked like like a rocket hit the car. Yeah. And um, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody said, "Man, that's really unfortunate. What happened to that kid down in Georgia?" And then you think about how much of public spaces all Donald Trump's children are, you know, Junior and Eric and his daughter and, and their wives and husbands. And like, man, it'd be, really be a shame if someone, if that happened to you. And I think that was kind of like after what happened at the Capitol was part of like the pullback and him just coming to terms with, we have to let darkness in a little bit more. It has to get a little bit worse before we can finally break these assholes and get them all out, of, out into the light and see what they're doing. Right. Yeah. I, I, so I, I really think that thing that happened in Georgia was an indirect message to Trump because at the time he was supposedly and they, and they had proved that he wasn't meddling. He was just begging for a forensic audit, but they made it seem like he was literally trying to flip the election like by mafia strong arm. And I think that kid dying was kind of like the pushback. Maybe if they didn't even say it, just like, oh, it's just crazy what happened to that kid. Imagine that happened to your kid. And at that point, as a human being, you have to kind of think like, you know, probably not the best day to pick that battle. We'll have to win it on another day. Yeah, it's all going to be scary. I didn't even think about that, to be honest, in that sense. Like, I knew it was odd, I knew it was off, and it was obviously not an organic event, but, like, I didn't think about it in terms of it being, like, a a threat. Um, and then the, then the detective who was lead on the case started to reveal this information that this didn't look like a vehicle accident, and a week later he killed himself with his duty firearm. I didn't know that. Whoa. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, I mean, so, 
I think a lot. We all know how the deep state works. You could just ask Seth Rich, right? Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, in terms of that, though, like, because I think, what what do you think about um, the fact that a lot of people have said, you know, if if the reason why uh, Trump's still around is because he's part is is part of their club, um, he should have been assassinated by now. Do you think it's a case of the whole? It would be way too obvious to take him out. Um, and, and again, yeah, like, I think I think everybody's been calling for it for so long, both jokingly and 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 literally, that it would kind of be pointless to take him out. Uh, he, if anybody knows Donald Trump, you you know that he's not part of the big boys club. He, he never has been letting the good old boys gang. And we've covered it on our show. This goes all the way back to like the '90s um, when he was starting to really come up in business. Jerry Nadler won a congressional seat by default. I think one of the people running who pushed him off the actual ballot died, and he got on with some lobbyist backing and was able to steal that election. He's been in office since. He stopped Donald Trump from doing a harbor complete, like, refacing of the whole harbor in New York because Jerry Nadler wouldn't pass his permits without including a ton of low-income housing in there, which Donald Trump was like, that completely defeats the purpose of refacing the waterfront. I want to make it nice. You, you want to turn it into shit. So he, he was not allowed in that club. Years later, he tried to get into the NFL, which is one of the most prominent sports enterprises in the world. And he tried to buy several teams, and they strong-armed him out every time. One of the richest men in the world, successful businessman. He's on Oprah. He has shows, writes books. Everybody loves him. Every time he has a party, everybody goes. The NFL wouldn't let him in. Rappers sing about so him, just... yeah. Huh? The rappers sing about him, like he's in people's songs, yeah, like, exactly. yeah. So he's never been allowed in like those exclusive clubs that kind of have a lot of globalist ties and backings. And until he became president, and this whole plan was kind of a rolled out, you didn't really understand and connect the dots until. But now it makes a whole lot more sense. Mm-hmm. Why would they, why would they want somebody who's basically unviable, which was one of the biggest issues everybody had with him when he was the president. Um, there wasn't a lobbyist that could touch him because money has no interest. To I mean, the man has literally a gold suite in a hotel. The whole suite is gold. Mm-hmm. What lobbyist money or going to speak at speaking events after he's the president or, hey, if, if we pay you this or endorse you with that, you know, you pass these shitty bills, could he ever be entertained with? Mm-hmm. Like he said America first and he meant it. Any of his promises that he didn't keep when he was president was directly because the other branches of government refused to do it on behalf of the American people, period. He did he a lot, though. He, was gonna... he did do a lot, and a lot of people take that away from him. And it's sad, but you know he's really working hard because every time he went and did something for the American people, they would bring up, like, Trump stakes or Trump universities or his one failed casino, not the show that he had on for decades not all of the best-selling books that he wrote, not all of the other famous enterprises that he still has, casinos, hotels that are still around, golf clubs. And, um, you know, they would always take, like, the smallest things and they throw, like, CNN did, like, two weeks straight of, like, two people said Trump University fraudulently enrolled them and kept their money. Like, if anybody thinks that Donald Trump has anything to do with Trump University besides, like, a pre-recorded, you know, congratulations for passing Trump University, he probably plays at the end. Mm-hmm. It's you're you're just ignorant. It's like when they used to say when he was running for president, he was hard line on on immigration in America. 
And they're like, oh, well, back in the early 2000s, he got caught having 40 Polish people without visas, like, doing manual labor at the foundations of one of the buildings he built in New York City. And I said, what the fuck does Donald Trump have to do with hiring any of the manual labor that are going to dig ditches in the foundations of his hotels in some state that he probably doesn't even live in anymore? Right. You know what I'm saying? It's just like... Mm -hmm. It's not the way the corporate thing works. Like, the CEO, the owner-operator, they know nothing that goes on about the day-to-day operations except what the yes-men tell them. They yeah. don't say that the foreman who's digging the foundation for what will soon be a building that he owns is being hired with cheap illegal labor. Um, it's like the same thing. They've caught a couple cleaning ladies at, like, Mar-a-Lago who haven't had visas, and it's like, oh, man. Well, did she have a fake visa? Did she provide a fake Social Security number when she applied? Yes. Well, then she presented herself as someone who's, like, legally in the United States. So how is it Donald Trump's fault? Yeah. Fire her and or deport her. Like, it's not his fault for hiring her. She lied. Yeah. A lot of these people <clears throat> who are complaining about those types of things have never had a job in the freaking life anyway. So they've no idea how it all works. That This is the other thing. Like, most people don't know how business works, especially not biz- businesses of that size. Like, most people don't know how small business works. And, um... They, like you say, like all the yes men and stuff in between, like they've no idea. I was just gonna mention, do you, do you recall Hillary? Actually, Hillary Clinton said that Donald Trump would make a good president because he can't be bought. I don't know. Good. Yeah, she said. She said that. So, you know, it's coming out of her mouth. So. It's that, all, that gargoyle. <laughs> that gargoyle. <laughs> Let's just go real quick. Can I give you like top three? You tell me yes or no. Okay. I just want to play. I just want to play dead or not dead. Let's do it. Okay. The the original um, 1994 crime bill, saying the N word in Congress, friends with the KKK, Joseph, R. Biden, dead or alive. Well, before I answer, I've ruined the game already. He didn't actually say the N word, as in, um say it he was reading something did you know that he was reading off of, of um, a quote right it was either a report or a statement but just the fact that he said it in the halls of congress he, he did also say he didn't want his kids growing up in a racial jungle yeah he's definitely he's a, definitely that, a that fucking yeah so um, is he dead or like alive hillary clinton, hillary clinton called the african-american communities and in, um inner cities uh what did she call super predators yeah she, she she also said that as a congresswoman so yeah okay what do you think dead or alive i don't i think he's alive okay i don't necessarily think that that's him but i think he's probably alive he might be dead but i don't know there's definitely more than one there's the black-eyed squinty weird shape faced uh attached earlobe falling up the stairs Right, and then there's the super drugged up one, eyes wide open, super blue eyes, <laughs> Joe Biden that comes out for like the press conferences, and he was out there during the debate season. That one's a little bit more grouchy. If he is alive, I think it's probably that one. But they they pump him up so full of drugs sometimes it's just sad to watch. What about Hillary Clinton? <sighs> Every time you see her, she looks different. I. This is there's so many people that believe that they've already been executed, and I'm just not one of those people. I don't believe that they have been. I think she's alive. 
Okay, last one. Last, last tentacle, John Podesta. If anybody's going to be dead, it's him. Yeah, oh, yeah, dead. Where is he? Like, where is he? But they haven't even Where's... been bothered to make a, a, either a CGI version or a clone version of that guy. Like, yeah, he's... he's um. He's gone. The thing is that all of these people should be gone and off the TV screen and and, and off the earth already. Um, what do you think? Do you think Hillary Clinton is alive or dead? You, you know, I, I know they had that woman that came out and said that she was her body double or, you know, something like that a few years ago. And I just see that fat-faced version of Hillary Clinton on TV more and more. Um, she was getting old. She was getting kind of thin in the face, turkey necked, you know, during the Trump presidency. And now they kind of bring out like the young. I, I mean, I know you could do stuff with the face, but I, I, I don't know if she's maybe dead, but I think she might be not available for comment. Right. Yeah. So, and as far as John Podesta goes, I hope and I feel that he's already dead. I feel like he was one of the first ones. Yeah. Yeah, and I hope it was like I hope it was like a good movie where they have like Navy SEALs, like he was at home, hopefully by himself, drinking some cheap wine, watching child pornography, and the last thing he sees is his own brains hitting the computer screen after a green laser hits the back of his head from the Navy SEALs. I, I really hope it was something like that. People would say that would be too fast, you know. That'd be too fast. I know. But, but it's just with people like that, I mean Of course, yeah, elimination. Like yeah. Yeah. Wood chipper would be better, but oh, my nipples are starting to get hard. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. So. What, so, what do you think about the um, the inauguration? Then, do you think what did you think about that as a whole? And obviously, there's a lot to go through. But in terms of in terms of like obviously, Clint, the Clintons were there, and um, Michael Michael Obama was there, and all of that, like. Go I ahead. think a lot of it was staged. It was definitely done at different times, and they've been able to confirm that on the internet with the placement of shadows. It's kind of hard to beat mm-hmm. the sun when you're trying to do something. Uh, there was also reports that people in Europe saw the inauguration supposedly live hours before it was broadcast here. Oh, that was Charlie Ward. <sighs> yeah. So I asked my friend who lives in the Canary Islands, and he said he watched it, but it was like weeks later, and he couldn't remember at what time of the day there, so I could like do the research and try to line mm-hmm. up the times, but... Do you know no, what? I, I, the the main thing that I thought was just to jump in, but the main thing that I thought was weird about the whole thing was that if different news stations, even like CNN, MSNBC, whatever, all of them, including Fox, um, would have recorded different angles at different times, but every single station had the same uh, pan, like the same um, angle on what was going on. So it was like one filming of the whole thing put on every channel. That was weird for me because even different, you know, there's different news cameras, there's different, yeah, just just different. There's different different levels of accessibility for how close cameras feed. I mean, the way they had it shown on television, you would think that they put every single news station's camera on a tripod directly on top of each other, fixed in without being able to move. Right, yeah. And that just doesn't make sense. And then when you start to see, like, there was some of the other commentary they had where they were, like, in a outdoor, it looked like a stone garden, and it was, like, Barack Obama and Bill Clinton, but then Barack Obama starts oh, kind of, like, CGI fading so fucking gay. Yeah, I remember that. So I'm just like, yeah, I think it was staged. I think it was pre-recorded, and I think part of it was done remotely. 
Um, I think some of the people who were there weren't there. And, okay. you know, I just think it, it goes into the whole, the, it just, like everything, the, the car he's driven around in, not getting, um, I don't know if you know this, but the military has still not granted him or Kamala Harris the call sign designation of Air Force One and Air Force Two, and they fly. They are still flying based off of their tail number alone. Um, and that's still going on. Um, you know, it, there were parts of... Uh, some of the press conferences he's given where he's phasing out in CGI or the back of the rooms or out the windows don't look like it's the White House. It looks more like it might be at the uh, Tyler Perry Studios down in Georgia right. where they have a complete replica of the White House and, and the, the ellipse and, and, and parts of the halls of Congress. And it's just, it's just hard to tell. Like, we can only see what they show us. And if we see things that are inconsistent with what they show us, then we have to continue to keep calling them on it. Yeah, because I mean Jesse 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 Waters, who's on Fox News over here in America, he did his opening the other day, and it may see it may be it may have sounded innocent, but he basically did like an 11 minute rant on how we are literally watching the Truman Show, and that just goes back into like the first thing we talked about a couple hours ago, where I really do feel like the White Hats in control to some point to where they're trying to condition us to soften the blow for the people who aren't awake yet. Yeah. And, and Jesse Waters was just like, this whole presidency is staged, this whole presidency is scripted. And he's talking about literal things, like teleprompters and, and you know, Joe Biden bombing Syria and Kamala Harris not knowing and Kamala Harris talking to world leaders because Joe Biden can't hold a conversation. Like, he's trying to say it on a literal, but is he really talking in comms? Mm-hmm. Like, when the Truman Show comes up, what was the Truman? It was a completely fabricated world that was broken at the end to the point to where the main actor found out he was living a tv show so why would you say something like that mm-hmm. if it didn't mean more than the face value that you're giving yeah and and then the whole fucking bullshit with the border and joe and Kamal, uh-huh. kamala laughing and joe being like oh like people aren't recognizing um i told my mom because obviously the uk we don't hear any of these things over here. I only know from everybody that's in the community, but I was explaining to her about how, you know, like 12-year-old girls are pregnant. They're screening girls for uh, as young as 10 to see if they're pregnant. Um, all these, they're probably being raped. Like, the baby's being thrown into the river as distractions. So these people, like... Can, I, I can't and I hate going back to this because it's the same old thing of being like can you imagine if Trump was this was happening under Trump what would they would say and it's the same old thing but like it's just it's criminal it it's so bad it's there's no words for what's going on there at all um he should like take one second to be like you know we need to calm this down now um but yeah it's it's um no all, all i can tell you living close to the border in san diego anything that you're seeing on tv any of those stories that you're hearing on the news or through word of mouth and, and a lot of the things you just described number one are happening mm-hmm. number two take this with a grain of salt 100 percent worse than you can ever imagine the stuff that you show you, like they showed you those migrant detention centers with everybody packed in with the tinfoil blankets and stuff. That's like the best of the absolute worst that you're seeing. Okay. I, I felt that because yeah. when I look, I'm like, this is bad, but I'm like, you know, 
Um, yeah, you got people right now, like, crossing the Rio Grande, and because the boat's nearly capsizing, like, bailing their babies and their small children into the water <laughs> to maybe get picked up by agents that are interdicting them if they can get them. You know what I'm saying? It's just... I can't even imagine. I can't imagine. It, it's, it's madness. And and it's he's just allowing it to happen. I don't know... I don't know what kind of... I'd, I've not really been looking on Twitter because Twitter's the place to find out whether or not people are waking up on that side. But like, uh, I I just pray uh, like uh, that they that they <laughs> realize how how they really need to start. That to... situation is yeah. yeah yeah because they're like there's Kids nothing wrong with legal legal immigration. It actually makes the country great because you can vet the people that come in. They go through a process. They learn all about our country. Then they have to take a test before they become citizens. Right. But just to have Peter Navarro, who was one of Trump's top advisors, forecasted, and he's been the most accurate person with the numbers. He was right on just about everything with coronavirus. 2.2 million people will be let into the United States unadulteredly in the next 18 months. Oh, my God. That's insane. Because um, sometimes people will say to me, why don't you move over? And I'm like, um, I'd love to. I'd, that's my dream. I would love to come and move over there. Um, my bro- my brother's a citizen now. Um, he's been a citizen for like maybe three, four years. Um, my niece lives in Texas and like I don't have any kids. So she's the only little person around. Like I'd love to go see it. I haven't seen her since they've closed everything down. But if he sponsors me, um, and most people don't know this and they're like really shocked when I explain it. But if he sponsors me and he's a citizen, it would take 14 years for me to get over there. Yep. Because I'm a sibling, and siblings actually come under orphans, I think? Something Yeah, like they're, they're, like, out there with, like, cousins and other family <laughs> So I'm like, oh, okay. So, and the other thing is, like, they're really funny. They can be funny if you visit within the 14 years because they think you might overstay, so they might not let you in when you once you get there. And um, I'm going to be like... 45 by the time I might be accepted so now it's kind of a running better get that paperwork in a a running joke of like why don't you just come to the Mexican border and just walk across it and and then you'll be alright and and my sister-in-law bless her heart she's a Trump supporter Um, she thinks it's all over she's written to Biden I'm like you do know you're not going to get a response right you you do know that Um, you can even read it but she she's written this huge letter just crying out and being like you know and telling her telling the, the <laughs> just makes me laugh thinking about joe um telling joe about how amazing mine, mine and my uh, niece's relationship is and how she wants us to be over there and live together and um oh and it's just like it's just insane that that's going on and i'm sat here and i'm trying to do it the right way and it would take that long, you know. Um, it's sad because I'd love to go. I'd love to go, like in in you know a second. If I had had loads of money, I could go, you know, straight away, pretty much probably. Yeah. But Candace Owens put it out there on her Twitter a couple of weeks ago that the fastest way to get her family over here from the Caribbean would be to just have them fly into Mexico and walk across the border. Mm-hmm. She yeah. said it extremely sarcastically, but it's the truth. It is. It completely is. Even like, even if you were to, if even if I was to find a guy to get married to, it would still take 
years because that's yeah, what happened close, to my brother. Close to eight years. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's sad. Um, so, yeah, I think we've been going on now for quite a while. So we can... Oh, we've done another hour? This... Like a two-hour party. The, that's in addition to the 20 minutes that we lost. Yeah, we did lose that. I'm going to have to do a little interim for that. Um, the lost tapes. Yeah, the lost... Oh, the lost tapes. I'm going to have to find them. It's a shame. It's a shame, but... Um, I'm sure that we'll talk about those things that we... It's like a secret. We'll just pretend we talked about something that is a secret, even though it really wasn't. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for, um, for you know, coming on and talking to me and answering my, my questions. And it's been lovely. It's been really good to speak to you. Um, this was a pleasure. We definitely vibed. I, I, I loved finally getting to uh, chat with you outside of our, our texts and our, uh, you know, messengers. And we, we look forward to having you and whichever other part of your pod team is going to be available to come on our show the first week of May. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for that. And obviously it will be a lot more cooler now. I was just going to say um, as well, I really appreciate, and I've said it before, um, your support as well, because you've been so good from the beginning in terms of me asking questions like, you know, where shall I upload this? We've been nuked. Like, what do we do? How do I get on here? And like, what's the best thing to do? And then even like you just posting us up and being like, you know, go listen. I really appreciate that. It's, it's, it's really nice. Like, obviously it's, um, just a staple in the community that we're in. Cause it's amazing. Everybody's amazing and supportive, but I just want to say thank you for that as well. I appreciate it. I feel the exact same way. We are a community. And in a way, a family, and regardless of how big or small one podcast is or our reach or audience, I'm always going to support the people that are, you know, around that are working hard and that put out good content and are really invested in this uh, movement because that's what it is. And it's really important for us to do the jobs to wake up as many people as possible. Yeah, that's the best outlook. Well, I look forward to um, a month's time. I'll be... Yes just just after my birthday actually so um birthday. we'll have to have a birthday podcast but i'm excited Thank well you. we'll be drinking so we can at least toast over the zoom or skype whichever we link up on oh that would be amazing we'll do that definitely well thank you so much and i'm well if you want to do it again we can do it again but i'll see you on yours next time i'd love to thanks ray well that was amazing i'm so happy that we were able to get together and do that and I'm so glad that um, you guys are still here and tuning in and listening. There was a little bit of a glitch in the middle of all of that. You probably picked up on it. Essentially, we took a break. And then um, I was just, I'm just so into the conversation that I was not recording. You know, I was just, I answered the call and I was like carrying on as usual. And then realized in usual Ray fashion, yeah, you're not, you're not recording, are you, Ray? <laughs> like, oops. So you guys might have missed a little bit of a chunk there. Um we did have a little conversation before that about CrossFit, but I took that out. So there was there was some gym bro convo there that you guys missed. But all in all, and and some vaccine passport stuff. But we're gonna be we're gonna be discussing that this weekend um, with uh, a couple of different people, guests on the show. So yeah, thank you so much for for being here with us and uh, sticking it out right to the end because. For me personally, I have a very short attention span. So podcasts for me, I have to do in like, you know, little chunks. Um, so yeah, thanks so much and we will see you soon.
if you fuck around with us, if you do something bad to us, we are going to do things to you that have never been done before. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Never stop fighting for what you believe in and for the people who care about you. Carry yourself with dignity and pride. Demand the best from yourself and be totally unafraid to challenge entrenched interests and failed power structures.